Hey guys, um, I'm at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival every day from now until August 25th with Duffy Connors and Charlene Johan at Jocket Murphy's Bar at 6.45. Come and see us guys, this is your really nearly your last chance. Uh, my guests on this podcast are the people, well, some of the people who make up the Glow Theatre Company. Um, we have a really interesting conversation about the Fringe, how inclusive it is... Um, what made them go into theatre, their performing backgrounds, and also a little sitcom called Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So please, welcome the cast and the tech crew of the Osterglow Theatre. Hello, Osterglow Theatre Company. Hello. Um, so this is the, probably the first time I've interviewed, um, actually it's the second time I've interviewed some, um, people from a theatre company, but yeah. yeah. Do you want to introduce yourselves? I'm Sophie and I'm the production manager for uh, Never Numb But She, the production we've got on at the Fringe. Nice. Hi, and I'm Lenny. I'm doing multi-role, so I sort of run around and make a mess all over the place, wearing lots of different hats. It's nice. great. Nice. Right. <laughs> different, different jackets. <laughs> <laughs> so how did this come about? How did this come about? Uh, well, uh, our director, um, sort of her sort of life goal, I guess, was mm-hmm. to sort of set up our own theatre company that was very inclusive and diverse and stuff yeah. like that. And so this was really, really important to her. And this was sort of like, I guess, the perfect excuse to do that was to bring a show to the Fringe. So mm-hmm. uh, May ro- March rolled around and we were like, let's just see if anyone's still got any spots. And luckily the space UK did and yeah. very kindly gave us a really nice solid slot to do the show and and then yeah and yeah once we had that all sorts of Deanne got writing because she had no idea what she wanted to bring and then she's like mm. you know what I want to do something new so Fair she enough. got that which was really cool um so what's the show actually about if you don't want me to ask you <laughs> well it's about three young women who live in sort of a universe next door to this one where like magic and folklore is really kind of central to it and like storytelling and love that love a bit of that yeah. um but yeah no they really kind of experience things that women go through every single day but it's like you know we want to build community here and yeah it's like you know there's really, a lot of togetherness and that's how you can kind of overcome these things mm. and yeah lots of optimism at the end that's yeah. really it's nice and hopeful we call everyone out but it's not a sort of way of being pre- preachy about it mm. it's a very nice sort of i mean it's not it's not soft and it's not soft and gentle yeah like check yourself type of thing but it's it's very honest but it doesn't end in a way that's sort of miserable you don't leave going wow nihilism <laughs> it's not like that episode of friends where Sandler go, Chandler goes sit, goes to sit through um, what's her name um, Alex Borstein's play mm-hmm. and it's like why would you like me so it's not like that at all no that's good not at all no it's it's very wholesome and hopeful at the end of it it's just like like regardless of like background and gender and like yeah. views in general it's just it's a nice sort of hopeful ending mm. which is lovely yeah. how have you guys found this year's fringe in terms of like inclusivity uh well i i think it's great um i'm i have a couple of chronic illnesses and um yeah i am disabled so it's been really, really amazing that the fringe that at the like 
French Central and yeah. the, the French uh, society have been really, really on it and really intense about upping their accessibility because I mean mm. Edinburgh's a pretty challenging city to be in yeah. as someone who's disabled and I can't imagine what it's like to to, to be to use a wheelchair in, in this city because a cane is hard enough with all the cobbles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I think the fact that they've made a really concerted effort um, as a society to do that, I think is really, really brilliant. Um, and the experiences that I've had at French Central have been great. I mean they have ramps mm. for some of the for the stage they have in French Central. I went to meet the media in the first couple of days and I was standing in a queue because the queues are about half an hour long because mm. everyone wants to make sure that they get their show out there and they get to pitch to all the people they want to pitch to. So I was standing in the queue for about, I was, I was looking to stand in the queue for about four, uh, half an hour, 40 minutes and someone very kind of comes and was like, hey, do you want to chair or do you want to like, sit down and I can queue for you? And oh, there, were, there were lots of, it was great. There were lots of options that they were, they offered to sort of, to make it easier and more comfortable, which mm. was really, really lovely. And I think it's great that that's something that has become a, a more intense and more obvious focus, mm. um, especially in such a busy, busy place um, yeah. where there's so much to focus on and so much to worry about and deal with that that's something that they're prioritizing a little bit more. I think yeah. it's really, really great. Right. It's, it's insane to think that apparently this year, less people have been coming to the Fringe. Really? Yeah. It feels like there are so many more I people. Know, I know. So is this your first Fringe, both of you? Have you done this before? Uh, this is my first Fringe, like, actually um, doing theatre things. Yeah. Um, I was up here last year, like, working and, you know, meeting the people. and. Doing oh, so what, what, what kind of work were you doing? I was just working in a pub. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Which one? I was at the Green Mantle down the road. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just by you, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was fun. And actually, we met some. There was a couple of comedians who came in every so often. Which Shout out fun. to my fellow brethren, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, no, no, it's like, definitely, it's like a, it's a step up in what's going on, but it's really, really fun. Mm. Well, the, well, the only real issue, well, one of the issues I kind of have with the Fringe as a whole is that there's, even though there's probably more voices than there were, mm. there's still not enough representation from everyone oh, yeah. from every different sure. background. Absolutely, yeah, not in the green Um It's, yeah, um, the, I'm trying to find a voice thing, but um, there was an article recently by a guy who was writing for the Times, mm-hmm. yeah, and every comedian that he recommended was in the Pleasance Courtyard. Ah. And I don't think he mentioned London Hughes. Oh wow. Who I think is probably I think she's the only female black comedian oh my God. in the Pleasant Court well, in the Pleasant Courtyard. That's unreal. It's just that's well, where it is where we are at the moment. Yeah. I mean by saying that, it's I think we're making a lot more but I think what's good about this year is that there's been more voices. Yeah. And so people are getting a bit better representation, mm-hmm. but we've still got a long way to Absolutely. go. Absolutely. So that could be potentially where your show is quite nice, it's quite yeah. good. That's what I love about, yeah, it's nice that we're sort of, I mean, we opened with a song that was written by myself and the director, um, but sort of, sort of, it's like, is essentially, I suppose, like a very, it's very, gen- it's very gentle and folk taley mm. and almost sea shanty, but mm. it's a, it's very much a sort of call to arms of being like, like, do something or like. Like you're complicit mm. if you don't do anything. That's right. Even if you're not actively doing anything, you are complicit in allowing hurt people to be hurtful mm. um, and giving them the space to do that. So it's a very important. I think it's a very important message for all of us as a as an entire company. Yeah. To promote that diversity and like we're we're all we're an all female and non-binary company. I'm a token non-binary. Woo. <laughs> but um, 
yeah so i think it's it's super, super important to like give that platform and to and what's great is that two of our three leads are women of color which mm-hmm. is super important to us yeah and it's just great yeah and we have everyone of all shapes and sizes genders sexualities it's lovely yeah, that's it's cool. great so what got both of you into performing go for it oh. <laughs> go for um it. well i don't know it's always one of those ones like just been doing lots of bits and bobs at school and I was in, um, I did lots of youth theatre stuff at home and it was always like, I don't know, it's always just where I found myself like in a really nice community of people and like, quite at home mm-hmm. doing things, you know, there's all the, there's, it's just that, it's the performance of the whole thing, you know, yeah. you're going mm-hmm. through all the things and you're learning lots of things and it's just, ah, yeah. oh, it's a good fun time, it's it just is. like a lot, everyone's going to have a hobby, you know. Mm. Yeah, exactly, it's a good time. I mean, I used to act a lot. Um, I, 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 for, for a long time I was like I'm going to be an actor yeah I'm going to yeah. be in musicals woo but mm-hmm. um, I actually I, I mean my first the first experience real exposure I had to theatre was stage management um, really? for a school play I was I was like 14 and um, the 16 17 and 18 year olds were doing a show and my English teacher was like hey I need a stage manager do you want to learn and I was like yeah sure I want to how do you get to do that at 14 that's I insane I don't know she was just like I mean she was my favourite teacher of all time shout out Mrs Cornell you're the best hey Mrs um, Cornell <laughs> she, she was so cool um, I don't know if she teaches anymore I think she's doing like Living her life. Living her best life. Living her best life, Being the coolest person ever. Um, but so she was always like, she was always very, very, very kind and like a really, really great teacher because it mm. wasn't just about teaching us in, within the classroom. It would also be like if you were out and about or if you were doing drama with her or if you were doing a school play with her, she'd be like, okay, life. Mm. <laughs> Let me teach you about it. Yeah. And um, we happened to have both share a love of Les Miserables and she was like, uh, well, you, you're clearly a theatre nerd. So do you want to come and stage manage the school play? And so I did, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And so just helping or facilitating or being like sort of like one of the one of the cogs, one of the many cogs in the machine that mm. is a show is so magical. Like whatever I'm doing, I'm like I'm just excited to be making yeah. art with people that are like-minded and yeah, cool. like like you said, the community is such an important part of that. I feel. So what do you think you've been able to take from your youth year days? and translate it to what you're doing now oh um well i guess kind of um working within like working within bigger groups especially like because we used to have loads and loads of people all running around doing lots of things mm-hmm. um yeah and you know you got um there's like the logistical basic what sets and then but also like you know working together letting all letting people's ideas grow mm-hmm. and like building together and just Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling Sophie's outside. That's Sophie. Oh, that's the other Sophie. The other Sophie. There's two Sophie. Sophie Duval, come on in. Sorry, I'm just going Hi, Sophie. Hi, Nice to meet you. I'm, I'm Nathan. Nice to meet you. Come join in. Come. It's fine. I heard you go, I think Sophie's outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Run away. Come quick. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So, hi, Sophie. Hi, uh, <laughs> What do those fringe lanyards actually get you, Sam, interest? Oh, what do they get? 
I have so many answers to this, I get so excited about it. So the participants' lanyards, I'm like, I'm just, hey, French Society, will you give me a job in marketing? Thank you. Um, <laughs> they get you discounts at um, a whole bunch of different places. They have a booklet that has a list of all of it. Like, Ryman's gives you, it gives you a 15% discount, which is better than the student discount, which I'm like, what? Yeah. About, which is great, um, especially for, for printing and stuff like that, if the printers are backed up in Fringe Central, which they are all mm-hmm. the time, <laughs> or they run out of ink. Um, and you get so it's like free printing uh, at French Central, discounts on on like on food and stuff and so on in various different venues and various different um, restaurants and stuff like that. And same applies with a lot of different um, it, venue passes as well. Like mm. our space pass gets us discounts at like Petit Three Valerie, any space venue bar. Including the Hilton on Northbridge. Oh, very nice. Which is always really fancy because it's really, it's really posh. It's great. Um, twenty percent off a glass of fancy Pinot Noir if you if you're into that. Um, and yeah, so it's sort of basically mostly discounts yeah. for things with a participant's lanyard. And the other one it has to be sort of like a form of ID for the venue. Mm. But those ones are just you're a participant have some perks which is really nice I just haven't been bothered to get I just haven't fair been enough. bothered to get one <laughs> fair enough it's just yeah I mean it's, it's it's useful and you get discounts on like fringe merch and stuff like that as well which is cool and I need to wave mine around at the fringe shop and get my hoodie and <laughs> I hear that also when you fly well when you wear one people are less likely to fly yeah, this, is yep, this is very true except for some reason people are getting more brazen about it I'm like I'm wearing three lanyards how dare you <laughs> but also I understand that plugging the show and plugging your show and getting getting bums on seats yep, is, we is need the it. goal we need it we need it yeah we just spent a whole month a whole bunch of money on on a venue and and the publicity that we've just bought so we want people to see it you know Sophie how have you found your friends so far how have I found it so far um yeah, it's been great. It's been fantastic. Um, it's been very hectic. Yeah. <laughs> very interesting because we had a break week, and even in the break week, I was just like, oh, I was I was sort of envisaging having time off. <laughs> no. And then no. 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 I don't think any of us had time off. No. I think, I think we were like, well, I was just seeing all of the shows that I wanted mm. to see, which happened to be like four a day. Oh god. And then trying to fit in all of the work, and then seeing family, and then then being like. Oh yeah, I can only come for two days, so maybe we can just like you know fit in like twelve shows. Oh my god, no. What, what people don't really realise until they're actually doing it is that this is a fucking job. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. This, this is, is a job, yeah. but no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You are market. If you're not doing your show, you're doing things to market your show yeah. and to get your and to get your name out there. There's very yeah. little downtime, even though it's really important to have. Mm-hmm. Like, it is work. It is, yeah, you are consistently working, and I feel like we're working, it's sort of like a condensed sort of yeah. period of, I'm working sort of twice the amount that I would on a normal, on like a normal, like, uh, normal theatre job. Mm. Um, even then, to be fair, <laughs> with theatre jobs in general, it's just a hard gig, mm. uh, lots of hard work, but no, it's, yeah, even on our break week, I think, I was sat, I think I was just sat in the festival theatre drinking ginger and lemon tea they, nice. do fr- they do fresh ginger and lemon tea with honey it's delicious nice. um doing work with the director and just like making sure that all the admin gets done every day and so on and making sure that we're responding on social media and stuff so there's no escape but also it's fulfilling but yeah, also sure. but as you said downtime is so important yeah, <laughs> yeah. downtime and self-care yeah just, absolutely it's just it's hard but it needs to happen. It's, it's necessary it's sort of it's worth 
how much hard work it is as well yeah. to do that for yourself. Yeah, I really appreciated how our prod team have been like, okay, guys, we're like, we're prioritizing welfare here. We're like, yeah, go home, get hydrated. It's just, yeah. it's been really, really nice. Yeah, like, when especially, much appreciated. Yeah, especially because the fringe flu has been going around the cast and crew a little bit. It's sort of making sure that really? if people are sick, um, during the show, we had one of our poor actors. Uh, one of our actors was poor thing was, was feeling very, very faint because we were in a we were in a very, very hot basement um, <laughs> under some lights, which are very, the, the ceiling is very low, so the, the, everyone feels the lights. Mm. It's, it's it's stifling in there, and especially if it's really hot outside. So mm. people feeling dizzy and faint and stuff like that. We were sort of like, like oh, like the show must go on though, so I've got to push. But we were very, very intense about making sure that. You know, like if you're feeling dizzy and faint, we're stopping the show. You don't mm-hmm. have to push yourself to do that. I mm. like, I wouldn't like, I don't. And so I'm sure Sophie and yeah, Lenny would sure. agree. Like, we'd never want any of us to compromise our health for a, a show because it's not a good idea. <laughs> Luckily, because there's only three of us doing our doing our split bill. Mm-hmm. Like, we haven't we haven't got the fringe flu nice. yet. Touch wood. Touch wood. Yeah. Touch wood. But. It's been, yeah, it's been quite smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, what got you into performing? I've asked these two already. What got you into <laughs> performing? Um, I guess I've always done it. I think sort of from the age of three. <laughs> Literally, there was like, um, in the village where I lived, there's like this, like, um, sort of like community centre, and they're like Mrs. Sam. Whereabouts? What village is it? Oh, you'll not know it. Yeah, it's, someone, it's, someone will know it. Come on. It's called Wield, and it's. It's Weald, which is by Sevenoaks, which is by Bromley, which I know is by Se- London. I know Sevenoaks. Yeah, I know Sevenoaks as well. Yay. Almost went to that school. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was like the community centre, and it was like a really, really sort of cheap like dance and acting lessons. And so my mum sent like my brother there, and then me there, and then my sister there. <laughs> so we literally like all in this little like theatre company that's so funny um i refused i refused to go to the stagecoach as a kid i was like no no you're not i'm not going <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> and mrs Alma, she, she was like she was like the director the stage manager like all of the tech team she would just do everything and like coordinate like 40 children mm. and wow. just be, and be chill um what yeah <laughs> so, like um yeah that just got me into it and then when i came to uni i was like oh i want to get involved in some cool sort of theatre things yeah so i went on to bedlam theatre and it was great yeah, and that's how I started. Yeah. Oh, sweet. So, what do you think you've taken from your early theater, your early performance days, and been able to translate it into the show you've got now? All of you. Mm-hmm. I think I have a sense of calm under pressure. <laughs> yes, I feel that at the same time as like feeling zen under pressure and then after the fact having yeah, a freak out, yeah, yeah. like a, a really like a residual great, freak a really out. Great facade. Yeah. Yeah. Acting. Great. With the real actors. <laughs> um, oh, that's a really good question. I think um, even with sort of like the sort of the, the issues I deal with, health issues I deal with, sort of ha- like ramping up the energy, I think, because I get, I mean, we're all exhausted. Um, and I think just sort of, yeah, the facade thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Is sort of, but not, not pushing to the point at which it's like, if I collapse, like, it, it, it like compromises what else we're doing with the show but sort of making sure that like we're all like motivated mm. and excited and even if we are stressed and tired and a little bit cranky because I'm, I'm haven't eaten breakfast or something mm. making sure that like rallying and we're getting excited and that we we don't forget we don't sort of lose sight of 
what's important to us with this show, with this project, because mm-hmm. I know that that's something that I learned as a uh, when I was younger, especially when I was acting, was that I'd get to I'd get to the point where it's about two weeks before a show, and I'd be like, I don't, why am I doing this? And I'd forget why. So it's a, it's been a really great experience trying to doing this to try and keep more grounded in that, which is really really great. So what's been your guys' best experience of the Fringe so far? Hmm. Show-wise or just in general? Oh, just in general, man. That's a, it's a review. Hey! Nice. Um, hmm. Um, I've seen some amazing shows. I've seen some incredible shows. Um, um, I think one of my highlights would definitely be um, the our, our intense push for accessibility mm-hmm. within the show as well as being huge advocates for it on the re- on just consistently mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Um, we have captioning at all our shows. Um, we hired this thing called the Difference Engine from this company called Talking Birds, which basically means you download the app and you can get the closed captions on your phone. So it's a lot more private and a lot less. Um, you know, some people get self-conscious about it, and I know my mum does, and she's she's partially deaf in one ear, and she she has a really hard time with processing mm-hmm. stuff out loud so she would she would and she would never ask for a tablet or anything like that to be like hi have you guys got a script or a tablet mm-hmm. I can read off of so the fact that we just have signs up and people can just be like oh great cool I can have captioning and like have it privately just for me mm-hmm. um, and not feel self-conscious I think is is one of the highlights for me that we get to do that because it's really exciting um, and it's such an important thing that should really be normal mm-hmm. um, so I think us normalizing that has been really great and trying to normalize relaxed performances and stuff at the mm. same time has been a huge highlight for me. Like, what about you guys? I think I think mine would be I've got lots. But I think Go for it. Oh my god. Um, the top would be sort of I think we were talking about it a bit this morning, like the community atmosphere mm-hmm. of the fringe. Of just even just like I don't know, I don't know, I kind of imagine the fringe. Like I, I imagine some sort of community. And like I like I've been to the fringe but I've never like taken part in the, like the same way before like being on a team um and so i never managed to imagine like flyering and being like oh hey come see our show and i'll come see your show and we're like oh great oh, what you're doing is so cool and i'm really like inspired by it and like vice versa and like getting really enthusiastic about other people's shows people getting enthusiastic about our show mm-hmm. and also the fact of like seeing sort of our show resonate with people um especially in ways that i hadn't thought about before in what ways do you reckon I mean, I mean the, the, this is not this is not really resonating, but the one that is the big thing is like um, the comedy of the show. Yeah. Like that's when true. I was reading it, I didn't read the comedy so much. Hmm. I think that's partially you. You've like <laughs> I think you're very you're very helpful comedy in it. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. Um, but also just like the audience is reacting to diff- to things in ways that I wouldn't have expected. Like we got yeah. Like yesterday's show, we got so many more laughs than like I and in places where I'm like oh. That's you're right. Funny. You're right. That is really funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, awesome. Yeah. Deanne writes good sass. Yeah. Good sort of sassy quips. Is yeah. it's very on brand for for the writer, which is very funny. But yeah. That's good. How about you? Oh. Um. Yeah. I guess with the show, it's kind of the freedom to sort of experiment with new things because it's such a long run, which is like nothing I've ever really done before. You know, the most you'll have is like three, four, four performances, whatever. Um. So like finding new ways to kind of keep the energy going and like thinking about it in different ways that you had before and it's really really interesting it's like mm-hmm. it's really exciting like if we're doing different things with the music or if we're doing like just kind of taking scenes in slightly different directions and it's like you know it's making it interesting for the audience and it's making it really interesting for us and then it's kind of like oh we're on a, keeping everyone on their toes <laughs> <laughs> right on stage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Have you guys done the show anywhere other than Edinburgh? Or no, this wow. is it's, its complete debut. The, the only thing we did before our fringe run started was a staged reading as really? a, to sort of vet the process um, and sort of see how people felt about it. And interestingly, we actually got a really positive reaction from... Uh, we actually, and consistently through the run, have had hugely positive reactions from male audience members. And they've been the ones sort of actively leaving reviews for like audience reviews for us, which has been really mm-hmm. lovely. Um, but hope, we're hoping to take it elsewhere mm. at some point. But no, this was our debut. Where are you looking to take it? Um, as far as oh yeah, I, was like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> do tell, do tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, we're we're still thinking about other other fringes. Perhaps there's there's one down the east coast of the US that would be cool to take it to. So New York, DC, Baltimore, mm-hmm. and so on. Or we would do this fringe circuit of Adelaide and Perth. Mm-hmm. Um, or do we, if we could if we get picked up by a residency that would be amazing. Um, and our uh, creative director Dean, um, who also wrote the play and directed the play, um, <laughs> is very very keen to sort of to do workshops around the subjects that we're talking about. Um, so um, even if we were like going around schools or something like that, doing workshops and doing mm. some educational stuff, mm. that would be cool. Honestly, um, it's all very up in the air. We'll see what happens come September when all the funds come in yeah, <laughs> and how much we've got left. Um, post reimbursements and so on. Um, but we're hoping to take it further, I think, and I think it'll be uh, it'll be awesome to impact more people mm. uh, with it. Like, that's great. Um, speaking of yeah, speaking of funds coming in, mm. it's fucking expensive doing this, isn't it? Yep. <clears throat> even on even I reimbursed you today, just by the way. So if you, yeah, it should come. It should come in today or tomorrow. Amazing. Like, <laughs> even, I'm, I'm doing Laughing Horse, the free fringe, yeah. right? And even that is still like a grand. Even that, um, even after that, I'm still just under a grand. Yeah. And that is, it's insane. It's, it's mad. It's honestly mad. Like, um, the, and it's real, and it's a real shame because I think that just silences so many voices. Mm-hmm. Like so many working class voices yeah. cannot afford to come up here and have their have their stories told yeah. because of the prices it's, of yeah. everything that's just skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. What do, what do you guys what what do you guys think can be done about it? I don't know. Well, I mean, I also yeah, I have I have very strong feelings about it because yeah, there's not let them out. Go on. There's let not enough out. not enough platforms for enough people. But the pro- the trouble is is that. I think, and obviously, I'm, I hope I don't get murdered, like murdered in my sleep by one of the ven- one like a venue owner or something like that. But I feel like there's been a huge focus on because the fringe has grown so much. I think there's been a huge focus on um, buying more space, mm-hmm. which make which ramps up the prices for everyone because they've they've got to make that money back from hiring that space for the, for ju- effectively ju- like the entire summer because they need to do the fit up because they're all pop up venues. Mm-hmm. So like PQA venues, for instance, it's a very new venue, and they like you know they have to hire space, and but also like assemblies expanded, the space has been expanding gradually through the years. And I remember when it started on Jury's uh, Jury's Inn, like it was a whole thing. Like I was looking it up and I was like, oh, this is so cool. Um, and it's I think I think it should they should I guess my 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 sort of two cents on on at least saving money or or sort of spending it more productively would be, to me at least, spending it on, spending the profits that they get on, like, paying their technicians. Mm. And maybe, and like, like hiring fewer venues and paying their technicians um, a living wage, because not every venue does that, unfortunately, which is quite upsetting. 
um, and also just like get sort of focusing on on getting gear that's within budget. So like if they if they're gonna get new lanterns, like replace the lanterns or replace some of the sound desks or the lighting desks with something that's equally sort of compact and and useful for the space that you're in, but slightly more um, user friendly, especially because a lot of a lot of technicians that come to the fringe don't not necessarily know how to use a lot of the, the stuff, and it'd be a, it's a great learning opportunity mm. if you're given that chance. But it's been but some of the some of the stuff is the gear is either so old or so high tech that it's just not really necessary. Um, and yeah, no, I feel like it they don't need to spend as much money as they do. Or they don't need to charge as much money as they do realistically, I feel, with that if they sort of budgeted more logically, I guess. Mm-hmm. But obviously I, I have no idea um, how that how they how they all <coughs> divvy up that money. I know for the space they've been expanding expand, expanding a lot and that's the only experience I really have in terms of venue work. Mm-hmm. So I worked at the space this is my fourth year at the, working with the space for the show. And it's been they've been amazing, they're always lovely people, but I often worry that we paid so much money for our two weeks here and I'm sort of it's sort of yeah kind of gave me a heart attack and they're like oh yeah this is how much I'll be paying plus VAT I was like oh I'm oh. gonna go and stab myself now oh. bye <laughs> um so there's got to be some way of more effectively spending the money that they need to spend each year um and like not over hiring and then spreading themselves too thin with um with paying people and you know if they're going to make it a teaching experience, then then they can, if they're going to make it like a proper official learning experience, then they can charge, they can then they can pay them a little bit less, mm. it, like like sort of like an apprenticeship or an internship. But it's just yeah, it's a very complicated, frustrating issue I feel because mm. I mean I mean C venues completely just went, mm. um, which I'm kind of happy about. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I had a friend that worked there and she was being paid fifty pence an hour for front what? of house. What? That's not legal. I don't know. Because it's all volunteer work, so technically, mm-hmm. um, so it's very comp. It's a very there's lots of loopholes. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, I love a yeah. freaking loophole. It's like volunteer, but we'll give you a lump sum at the end that will actually yeah, like a less than minimum wage. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what it was. So. Yeah. That, so it added up to about that when she got her her stipend at the end. That's what it uh, amounted to, which is kind of upsetting and frustrating. Same with a lot. Yeah, a lot of venues do that, and it's just. It's, it is, I'm not going to lie, it is a little bit overpriced, I feel, a lot, a lot of the stuff. But I do also appreciate how much we get for that. Mm. As the fringe grows, there are a lot more perks and a lot more like incentives that they give. But at the same time, I think maybe I, I'm, I'm cool without a discount from mm. Petit Valerie if you just charge me less money yeah. <laughs> for a small venue. Mm. <laughs> Thanks. Like, um, what yeah. I've heard is that they a lot of shops in Edinburgh They'll rank the prices up by about 20, oh, yeah. 25%. Oh percent. Yeah. Like, Whereas if you notice cash machines, like they, they usually, just pop up. They're usually free, and then it's yeah. like, oh yeah, if you you know if you want to withdraw any money, you'll be charged too quick. I'm like, I only wanted to get five quid out, please. No, I, just, <laughs> I just want my I just want my chips. I'm drunk. I'm I just, tired. I want my chips. I just want to be able to afford it, please. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. In my view, just like investing in the arts, prioritizing the arts. I know that. Mm-hmm. I won't go into like loads of politics because I would do, but it's you know. Go for it's, it. No, it's early in the day. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't had a drink yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. But but yeah, like my my brother, he's a he's a playwright and he came up to to visit me during the friend and see yeah. our show and also like he's like I'm a playwright obviously I want to like see loads and loads of shows 
Um, and as I, I know he was like staying on my blow up bed that like it doesn't blow up. Um, <laughs> like in my bedroom, like it was just like it was, it was interesting. And then he was going around seeing shows, and I was like, "How are you, how are you paying for this?" And he's like, "I'm charging it um, as business." Oh. And I'm like, "Can you do that?" And he was like, "I'm gonna try so hard because otherwise I can't afford this." And <laughs> then he couldn't like it's it's and he works and he tries to always play it like full time, and he's great. But there's, there's, there's not a lot of money. There's yeah. Of money. I think that's also the trouble. That's why they can charge us so much, just because not enough. There's not enough investment in it. There's not enough people sponsoring, and not not enough people investing in something that is such an integral part of society. Mm-hmm. Um, and people forget. I feel like we take. I feel like a lot of people. I feel like theatre people less than performers and artists. Le- a lot less so. Le- less so than uh, people who aren't at all involved in the arts or people who just enjoy the arts as a punter. Um, to really take it, people really take it for granted that they have this entertainment. Like you can just go to the cinema and see a film, and I feel I suppose that's different. Or you can go like if you if you're able to afford it in London, go to see the go to the theatre. But mm-hmm. who knows if you're yeah, I'd go to the West End. But people forget that like there we li- like I know that we like we made a lot of the costumes. Like Sophie made a whole bunch of the costumes. People were taught to embroider so that they could make their costumes, mm-hmm. rather than like spending an extraordinary amount of money that we don't have on that because it is underfunded and it all costs so much to get it all done um it's just like, yeah. money comes from weird places well. oh yeah it's also, like the also, also we source things from weird places you forget that you have to have somewhere to stay you have to like mm. feed yourself during fringe you always forget that i mean i always forget that a um, healthy meal during the fringe what I don't know her. Who is she? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm very lucky that I get, so I get like a, a scholarship from the University of Edinburgh, which like means I'm able to afford to study it, but I'm also able to afford a little bit more, which covers the fringe. <laughs> don't tell them that I use it for this sometimes, um, which means that like paying for like props. Did you get that? <laughs> paying for like props and certain, like I'm I'm okay at coming out of my account as long as I get it back, so I can, so yeah. I can go on my year abroad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like get a degree. But yeah, it's certainly not funded by any sort of traditional means. Mm. No. Oh, sweet. That was, yeah. that was great. That was a fucking great answer, guys. <laughs> so, what tips do you reckon you could give to someone who is considering doing the fringe next year? You guys are the first time. Let's go for it. Um, Start preparing early. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think uh, we've all learned that. Yeah. Don't leave learning your script to the last minute. Um, <laughs> uh, not, li- not looking at anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess kind of. Yeah, really fun. It's you know, it's about finding something you're passionate about, really, because like, because this is something you're going to be committed to for the yeah. next. At least, well, at least a month, and then however much time you need to cut before that. But like. I mean, whatever it is, you know, if you're clowning about the place or you do it like, or you do big old serious things or if it's like a teeny weeny production or lots of like mm. huge things, like it's just, you know, you need that. If it's that connection that you feel and that you want to share with other people, then like, yeah, there is the space for that. Yeah, mm. it's really important. That's really wholesome. I was going to say lead on your connections. If you, know, if, you know <laughs> people, if you need, if you know people that live in Edinburgh and know and ask them if they got if they know someone who wait somewhere you, you can stay like lean on the connections like that if you if you're looking for some freelance work and you haven't had any luck on the the fringe like jobs website 
um, ask your friends if they need an, op- an operator, ask your friends if they need a dresser, or they, like they're looking for an actor. Yeah, everyone knows each other somehow. I mean, I think there's like, well, I don't know, I don't know the exact number, but there's such a small number of, of technicians on the Scot- Scotland's Technicians and Crew Facebook group that like everyone knows someone at each venue. So mm. like if anyone's going to, like, if you know if you know people in Edinburgh, like exploit that if you need somewhere to stay or you're looking for work or you're looking for experience. Um, and yeah. And uh, definitely don't eat all your meals at George Square Assembly Gardens. <laughs> you, will, you will have no money. I did it last year. Regret. Is it good though? Is it's it? so good. Cargo spud poutine is so good. <laughs> ah, it's delicious. Um, and they don't have it. They didn't have. Oh, what was it last year? Oh yeah, and Ting Tai Caravan had a nice had a stall there as well, which was Ooh. amazing. But yeah, no. Is that the one on Calgate? Just no, that's the one on um, Bristol Place. Okay. It's got um, there's it, there's one that's got the queue that goes like out, like miles around the corner. Um, it's next to the hairdressers in Bristol Place, Bristol, well, across the road from the old medical school. If I ever have money, in two <laughs> days I will try and get there. It's good. It's good Thai food. It's really good Thai food. But um, yeah, leaning on your connections is a huge thing because it's it's really helped me. Like especially when I was like, I couch surfed the whole mm. time my first fringe because I, I I didn't I wasn't planning on being there and I was like you know what I'm gonna do that it'll be fun. And um, I was working in a bar, but I needed couch because I didn't have anywhere to stay. Cause mm. I didn't, I wasn't moving into my flat until September. Really? So yeah, it's just like knowing people being like, oh, actually, my my pal's got a couch, like it's totally fine. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah. That's actually really cool. Like, yeah. So what about maintaining your mental health when at the fringe? Because that is a that's so important. That is a that's a that is a really hot topic right now. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely think like getting enough rest is like one of the most important things I've certainly found. Like, like I will like doing the show in the morning and then I'll go home and like have a nap in the afternoon and then I like work in the evening. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I think as boring as it as it is, a routine is really quite important. And then like okay, like okay, I might have a time to go see a show here and like if we get a day off there, like that would be lovely. But also like it's, yeah, I think it's just like kind of sorting out your responsibilities and where you can mm-hmm. kind of take downtime within those yeah mm. you have to be really regimented with it and like actively make sure that you're doing that i feel because it's so easy to just forget um because you know you're going you're going from one place to the next you're interacting with so many people in a mm. day especially if you're flying and um and meeting people and they're going to see shows or if you're going if you're if you're working more than one show like bouncing from show to show you're like mm. oh i haven't got time to even look at my phone uh, or like and you're eating on the go like it's really hard to find time to do that so you have to make it i feel like at least for me i have to make a really conscious effort to yeah. actually take that time for myself sure. i'd say um disconnecting from the fringe yeah mm-hmm. finding um for me it's like green places anywhere that has like a garden i will just sit i'll put i'll put head, noise cancelling headphones in and like not listen to anything i'm just gonna sit in silence and disconnect completely not look at my phone my laptop nothing and then just be in a space that's separate from the fringe mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. even if you're just if you're walking around if you're flowering and you're seeing shows you're like in the fringe you're constantly surrounded by people and like buzzing and noise and mm. like everyone sort of being so enthusiastic which is great but it's also extremely tiring to be yeah. around all the time i think the like best decision i think the best decision that i made was having a well having accommodation 20 minutes outside the city center that's really smart yeah that there's no greater feeling than walking away from the city center mm. and yeah that's so true. 
just knowing that I don't have to go back there for like another day. Yeah, yeah. that's it's great. Genuinely, the best thing. Mm. But uh, I need to start. I need to restart meditating again because I've forgotten to do it over the mm. like over the next yeah. few days. Over the last few full few well since the fringe I just started because I've been here a whole month. Mm-hmm. But yeah, your self care like it's so hard to forget. Mm. Like because you're so wrapped up in the fringe, it becomes yeah. it is your life. Yeah. And it's weird to think that in the next couple of days it's not going to be our lives anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. <laughs> three shows. Yeah. Three shows left. Oh my god. Really? What day do you guys finish? Um, twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. Okay. So we finish on the twenty fifth. On the twenty fifth. Yeah. So it's like wow. So we've got show tonight and then the rest of the week. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's mental to think that that this little this little thing. Has just taken over everything <laughs> yeah. that we do. Mm-hmm. The beauty of tunnel vision, baby. <laughs> That's it. That's cool. it. Like. Yeah, it's true. So, what's the theatre scene like back where you guys are respectively from? Not great. <laughs> um, the borders. I'm from the borders. Uh, so like kind of just like South Edinburgh. Um, and yeah, because it's sort of a lot of very small towns and they're all quite disconnected. So there's like, so there was youth theatre stuff, which yeah. I was in, which was a lot of fun and great. And like, <laughs> you know, a riot, to be said the least. And there's like school stuff that happens. And there are a couple of Amdram societies that go on. Like we had, um, there was one that was really, really focused on doing Gilbert Sullivan's, which was really fun and actually I have now gone on to do Gilbert Sullivan's at uni so nice. that's fun. Um, you know, sowing the seeds if you will. <laughs> um, but yeah it's all, um, there wasn't a kind of unifying thing especially growing growing up and being like is this something I want to do? There <laughs> wasn't really much help out there for but like it's definitely gotten better you know the old the bright lights of the city um, yeah no certainly helped that and mm. given me like it's just kind of emphasised like what options there are out there and what things you can be. Sweet. I mean, I'm from London, so I'm very, yes, I'm very lucky. Same. Um, so I mean, I we, I mean, um, my parents, but when we were little, we'd go to the theatre, especially for my sister's birthday. She loves The Lion King. She still does, I think. Nice. Um, so I've never got, seen it. It's actually really good. It's amazing, like puppetry um, on stage. It's fantastic and. Um, and so we we went. I think we went three or four years in a row between ages of like four and eight mm-hmm. to go and see it for my sister's birthday. Really. Um. And then after that, we didn't really go to the theatre very much because my mum was kind of like, ah, like they don't seem super into it. But little did they know. You were super into it. <laughs> yeah, I was super into it. I mean, like my like my the CDs that we listened to on the way to school were like Evita and Phantom of the Opera and Cats and stuff like that. Not the new movie. <laughs> <laughs> so weird um and so it was like we sort of we were sort of we sort of grew up on it without realizing it was very subliminally enforced because mm. <laughs> my dad loves they my parents love theater like, like they enjoy theater and going to see it and reading plays and stuff like that but they've never been they're not theater people at mm. all like they're both very serious people mm. nice. um but when I started doing theatre, I was very keen to sort of ask them, be like, hey, can we go see more shows? I would love to see more about theatre and like the art of making theatre and stuff like that. And I did drama at school. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, the theatre scene in London's incredible. Like, whether it's West End or not, like, the, the vault is great. Like, there's so much amateur dramatics that's going on. There's, I mean, there's, like, 
huge companies that, that do training and everything like that. The theatre scene in London is just so abundant, mm. which I think is amazing. How about you, Sophie? Um, the village, not so much. The town next to it, that was alright, that was a festival, there's like a theatre festival every year, which is like, yeah, that's pretty, pretty decent. Um, but I, so I sort of grew up with my brother, he's six, he's six years older than me, and so he was doing everything sort of as, he was, he was like the cool age difference, the cool brother. Um, and so he was always doing things like before me that I really wanted to get involved in. And then as soon as he, he like he like moved away from uni and then moved to London and was doing all that theatre stuff. And like it's twenty minutes on the train away from London, seven oaks. Yeah, so, give or take. Yeah. <laughs> so like I grew up like being having having that sort of resource there and being able to like like I was just like the dorky strange sister that my brother took like everywhere, mm-hmm. being like, oh, I'm especially awkward, but it's fine. So, like, no, you'll love it. It was great. Um, yeah, which was like, yeah, I'm very like appreciative for like my brother and also like being able to go to London was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. I just think it's crazy that like everyone when, immediately when you think theatre, you think of things like Wicked, which I hate yeah. by the way, but, <laughs> uh, or Les Mis or whatever else. They don't think of amateur dramatic. They, they don't think of no. amateur dramatic. Uh, Amateur dramatic, amateur dramatic productions, yeah. which are more affordable, but nowhere, but not. That's not to say they're not as good. Mm. But what's when people think of theatre, they think, oh, expensive, hundred pound seats, yeah. Hamilton or whatever else it is. Yeah. And it's not just that. It's, it's not. It's there's so much more to it, and that's what I think is so great is that it's such a rich thing. Mm. Um, that you you know you can see you can see shows that maybe aren't you know like what people deem as like what like, especially like snobby punters would deem as like west end caliber or yeah. like broadway caliber but it's still just as good it's a completely different experience it's the whole point yeah um and it's not all just musicals either absolutely yeah yeah everyone's like oh yeah lamez is the longest running show on the west end it's actually not the mousetrap is yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, true and longest running musical yes maybe, but longest running show not at all um but yeah so it's sort of i think people forget that straight plays are a thing and they forget that there's a great comedy scene as well mm. in London and in anywhere and anywhere. I mean Edinburgh like we there's like a fact the comedy yeah. scene here is fantastic yeah um I used to work at the, at the monkey barrel <laughs> oh nice yeah um uh, very nice bar very nice patrons um yeah. very nice performers I saw exactly, I saw Ahe Shah and Stuart Goldsmith there this amazing. week amazing yeah it's, it's, I've, I've loved I loved working there it was great to be able to like sit in on shows and stuff like that mm. um but yeah, no, I think people forget because we're so lucky to have such like crazy big hubs of theatre that there are other theatre makers mm. that don't necessarily have Cameron McIntosh's name on their poster. <laughs> <laughs> as cool as the guy is, like, yeah. you know, there's other people that do theatre. <laughs> other than Cameron McIntosh yeah. and that Tory wanker. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I shall not speak his name. <laughs> Lloyd, Andrew Lloyd Webber, that's yeah, it. That's Andrew, the one. Yeah, that's the one. Um, hmm. So on that fun note, um, <laughs> Brooklyn Nine Nine, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Beep, beep. Yes. Please don't copyright this. Yeah. <laughs> so, I have been a fan of this show since it first started in mm-hmm. 2013. Before, because I, I may or may not download my shows illegally. <gasps> Don't may tell NBC. I, I said may or may not. Don't tell Fox. <laughs> I said may or may, or may not. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. That, we'll it, never know. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I somehow managed to see 
be a fan of it before it came to Channel 4. Amazing. So, yeah, I've been a fan since day one. Fan- literally, yeah. And it's so. just... It's wonderful. It is. So, it's so wonderful. <laughs> Mostly it's like, wonderful. It's such a delight. It's such a delight of a show, and it. I love it. Oh, it makes me so happy. When if I'm ever having like a bad, like a rough time, I will just like go and binge Brooklyn Nine. Mm-hmm. It's just like ultimate, like instant uplift, mm. and it's great to reference yeah. as well. Oh yeah. Um, so who are your favourite characters? I think I'm quite a Charles. I'll not lie. He just, you, know, you are. You are Charles. <laughs> He's, you know, he's got such good intentions yeah. throughout all of it, and I think that's really—it's really—it's a great way to be, you know. Maybe, maybe, maybe two and two don't quite make four when he's trying to do a thing, but you know. Maybe be it's a little trying so hard. And maybe feels a little bit less stalkerish than. Yeah. Yes. That's what well, yeah. <laughs> I think I think Boyle just needs to learn a little bit more about boundaries, and that's yeah. okay. We all we all we all have stuff to work on, mm-hmm. but I think Boyle needs to really yeah. focus on that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> especially when it comes to Jake and Amy's wedding yeah. and marriage. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about you? I'm gonna. I have watched a total of two episodes of this. So Fair enough. Ah. Okay. Okay. Um, so of those two episodes, what? Have you enjoyed about what did you enjoy about the dynamic of the characters? I uh was saying that I watched one um oh they were all hiding each other's things. This is so long ago. The height was the highest? Yeah, maybe. That that rings a bell. Yeah, anyway, I thought it was great. Yeah. No, I the heist is a good episode to get that's a good eight gateway like, episode. Yeah. It's on my list of things like after fringe to binge watch before like I have like I have a month of nice. Yeah. free time. Nice. Yeah. It's gonna be like, Oh, it's just rest now. <laughs> rest in Brooklyn Nine Nine and yeah. some ice, some vegan ice cream. Oh my god, the shock! Yeah. <laughs> um, I I'm a hopeless doofus romantic, so I love Jake. <laughs> yeah. Because he is also a hopeless doofus romantic. Um, and we also joke that my partner is is Amy, mm. because she's obsessed with stationery <laughs> and, and organization and and color coded spreadsheets and just she's just all around a big old nerd mm. and I love her to bits for it so we joke and I'm an idiot that does dumb things and Stella is basically a child nice. trapped in a 21 year old's body um maybe 22 Ooh. um mm-hmm. tomorrow oh I've got for tomorrow <laughs> thank you very much um and but yeah so I, I love Jake but I also I'm a big I'm a big Rosa fan She's such yeah. a big Rosa fan. Yeah. I wish I was as cool as Rosa. I wish I rocked a leather jacket the way Rosa rocks a leather jacket. Oh my I also wish I was that scary. Yeah. <laughs> I love she's how so like cool. Stephanie Meadows like she does this like really low voice and then most of the time she's like oh hi how's it going like yeah. her normal voice is so her, different. It's, it's her fake voice for when she's playing Rosa. It's wild. Yeah. It's so great. What about you? I would have to say Rosa. Yeah. Or nice. Terry. Terry's cool. Terry's cool. Uh, Terry loves yogurt. Terry loves yogurt. Um, Terry loves love. Well, actually, no, actually, no. Um, Rosa and then Holt. Oh, yes. Oh, he, Captain Holt. Yeah. What a legend. Because he... Uh, what a legend. Just, uh, Andre Brower is Genius. just... He's so good. He's such a good character actor. He's, he's fantastic. He's incredible. Yeah. And I'm like, he, in interviews, he says, like, oh, I can't do improv. And I'm like, wait, but you're the funniest person yeah. ever. Are you joking? <laughs> but he's brilliant. He's, he's, he's deadpan. I and... don't know how he does that. <laughs> with, with, with the cast that he's with, yeah. I don't know how he keeps a straight face. Well, well from what I've heard about make, the making of the show, it's... 
it's classic making a good comedy in yeah. that it's a very it's very serious business. Yeah. So it's not all laughing and joking yeah. on the set. Like apparently Sandberg is one of the most serious people you'll ever meet because yeah. he gives a shit about the comedy that yeah, he's trying absolutely. to make. And when you're trying to make a good comedy, you it's often not funny because you've yeah. got to get every line right. Yeah. So you guys yeah, know the this. Yeah. Timing is really important yeah. and everything like that. Um, I was listening to an interview. I was listening to. Um, Simon Rex, who's a he's an actor and comedian, and he was in Scary Movie Three and Scary mm-hmm. Movie Four, right? Yeah. And when that was been, that was been, those two were directed by David Zucker, right? Mm-hmm. And what he said was, even though it was a comedy, mm-hmm. it was very hard work and it was stressful because you had to, yeah. you couldn't, you can't ad lib any of these no. things. It's a very particular type of, it's a very particular type of comedy. And if yeah. you say one thing wrong, or if you say yeah, the right thing but in the wrong way yeah it just goes to shit it does yeah it's so it's so much harder than it's not like comedy and, and I've done stand up a couple of times and it's not carefree at <laughs> no, all it's, it's so hard like it's very you have to be so serious and focused because if you don't land a joke it's rough <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm sure you I do. know that it's very so well. rough it's so so rough and like yeah no I completely agree with you yeah it's but I mean it's even like when they're shooting I don't know how he keeps a straight face yeah that's true because like, the script because <laughs> the script is is phenomenal so it's if none of, if none of that's so improv airtight if none of that's improv that is that's amazing because yeah. they make it look so they all make it look so natural mm-hmm. um, I think Holt's brilliant Rosa is just a force of nature mm-hmm. and she play and she is she's able to play off every single character mm-hmm. because she's nothing like any of them yeah um also i think chelsea parades gina yeah yeah she gets a lot of shit and she gets a lot like the, on, the online hate she gets really she mate, honestly like as, oh, as i'm part of the i'm sort of part of the fandom as yeah, it were yeah, yeah. like the online hate she gets i just don't get it she's i think she's one of the best characters in there she is and she's also fantastic like her, her comedy specials are fantastic she's yeah. hilarious yeah she's so funny and so intelligent and just brilliant and i think yeah, I mean, it's like you can you can hate the character, but don't hate on the actor or the yeah. performer. Like it's just ugh. no, they hate. They don't hate, complain the do. No, they hate the character. Oh, they hate the character. Okay, and, not the actress. Okay, yeah, the actress. She's amazing. Yeah, she's great, and I have so much love for Chelsea Peretti so much. Um, so much love. <laughs> yeah, the actress. They they like the fandom seems to like her, but yeah. the character. The character yeah. Like I I don't get the hate for the character though. I don't get it. I think she's a she's a good funny like source of chaos. Yeah. She's a chaotic catalyst, which I love. Mm. It's like if like everything's going fine, and then she'll just like throw a spanner in the works, and it's absolutely hilarious. But often she'll be the smartest person in the room. Exactly, exactly. She's the she's the puppet master. She yeah. is. She is. She's hundred percent puppet master, especially with um, it's that episode where Terry fails the lieutenant's exam. Yeah. And she sets fire to her dress. Yeah. That's <laughs> she's it. like, she's like, especially when I have flames coming out of my butt. <laughs> um, and it was all just to make sure, like Terry feel like that he's still a good. A good leader and stuff like that, and I think yeah. like while she might be the, like the ultimate chaotic neutral character, <laughs> um, she's very like also like so loving. And yeah. She, does, she doesn't maybe she doesn't do it in a way that they think is is loving, but yeah. she very much is like I care very deeply about all of you. I'm just gonna do it in my way. And I like the fact that even though she is a secretary, mm-hmm. she's still very much part of the squad. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure, yeah. And she's able to 
She is basically a police officer. She know, is, yeah. Essentially. <laughs> the Christmas episode. Flame <laughs> <laughs> <Same> throw. <laughs> um, She's great. I don't think there's, like, any character. Oh, Doug Judy. Bronzer, yeah. making a friend. Yes. <laughs> Bronzer, what's up? <laughs> Come here, brother. <laughs> oh God. Like Craig Robinson is basically playing Craig Robinson and everything. Yeah, that's but true. That's true. He does oh, it so well. He does, Rosa, yeah. Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's so good. On the cruise ship. The cruise ship. A little bit to the left. <laughs> Mar- Mar- it's so great. No, not the Asian dude. <laughs> I really, so want, I really want Netflix to make a movie about Jake and, Jake and, and Doug, Doug Judy. Yeah. Jake and Doug. Mm-hmm. Just like a buddy cop movie. Oh, yes. Yeah. In another universe, they would take down everything. It would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That would be... I mean, that would be yeah. just the best. Honestly. I, I, I can't picture anyone else other than Craig Robinson playing that character. Yeah, absolutely not. There's no way. No one would play it that way and, and with that much hilarity and like almost like frustration yeah so it's like no but it's it's so so hilarious and you kind of root for him as a sort of anti anti-hero yeah which mm-hmm. i love and you it's want like, it yeah because you want him to do well don't you yeah you do just um, like jake you believe yeah. in him like jake yeah he's all our best friend but it's kind of do you know it's it's um it's kind of a testament to the rest of the cast that out of all of them in my opinion sandberg is sort of the weak link Interesting. Did somebody bring a hot take to the table? Yeah. Uh, someone spill some tea? Yeah. Ooh, crikey. Interesting. I think, I, I think he's great. Don't get me wrong. But when he's surrounded by everyone That's else... True. I see what you mean, I'm just yeah. like, right, he is not the best one in this cast. Mm. And I think he's a great comic actor. He's a great For writer. Sure. Don't get me don't get me wrong. But when you're up next, when you're up next, we're up next to Stephanie Beatrice, um, Terry Crews. Yeah. Um... The guy who plays Charles, uh, Chelsea Parade, mm-hmm. um, Melissa Romero. Oh, I love her. And Craig Robinson, whenever yeah. he turns up. And Fred Armisen and all the other. And yeah, all the and all like the little, like. The cameos, yeah. yeah. cameos. Oh, and what's his name? Bill um, Hader. Bill Hader. He was great in that. Bill Hader. I love him. I oh, am no. having a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and who was the guy who played Holt? But, oh, Patricia, um, Patricia Clarkson. Yeah. Yeah. When you. When you get all those people yeah. together, I'm sorry, but Sambo for yeah, me is enough. he's he's great, but he's not the best there. Yeah, it's almost like he takes a back seat. Yeah. Um, to them, because I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, so, they're such amazing characters, like and people to bounce off of. I mm. feel like. Yeah, I think he like the reason he does so well is because it's that almost reactionary thing. Yeah, he's yeah. like the facilitator of mm-hmm. of like he's he's sort of I guess in a weird cheesy way. Um, I guess he's the audience member as well sort of like he's reacting and yeah. he's silly because other people around him are being silly and rather than like being like the like the catalyst for mm. it where the where is like it, it would be like Holt having like a petty argument with Kevin or yeah. like or um, Cheddar or Cheddar that, yeah. <laughs> return to my office uh, um, rest in peace Cheddar by the way oh yeah dog, oh, so yeah, the sad dog, the dog that oh, played Cheddar right. in the yeah. arms of the angels yeah oh, always oh, oh Cheddar May you eat lots of ice cream cake in in in, in heaven. Mm. Go retrieve all those belts, baby girl. Yeah. <laughs> I, do you know I quite like though the um, it had a bit of a dip in season three, I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I feel that. But they've managed to sort of 
climb back up oh like, God, climb yeah. back up a lot climb back up which is it's something so that strong. which I think a lot of sitcoms really struggle to do after absolutely. the third season dip it's always it's always yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more mm. I and think they've done really really well do you think it was a good move of them to go, well actually no it wasn't really their choice was it no like, they got to, <laughs> yeah I mean it was it was not a good move by Fox because they're probably kicking themselves now yeah but I'm really I'm so relieved that NBC picked them up because I was devastated but not only because it was a cliffhanger but also i was just i just want to know what's happening next yeah it's just i'm like they're such lovable and loved characters that it sort of and there just wasn't a sort of it was like what happened with that show sensei i don't know if you want you guys what yeah you you guys have seen sensei i don't know if you've seen it i haven't seen it but it's good um but they basically they cancelled it after once after they cancelled it after the second season but they left the second season on a cliffhanger so they came back they went back to reach to to shoot a a two-hour finale to make sure that everyone had Mm -hmm. a happy ending Mm -hmm. but a lot of the time when shows get cancelled or get dropped um especially by netflix (laughs) Mm. so bad at dropping shows ah they do it all the time and they're always really good shows that just don't get up yeah one day at a time yeah, that's, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> that's exactly what I was, my thinly veiled rant about that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean... But that's coming back, though. It is, Pop yeah. TV. Exactly. I'm so excited about that. But yeah, no, I think it was a really smart move of NBC to go, oh, well, we'll take it then. Because mm. I think not only is it, it sort of, it can be different content because of how they're, how they run. Yeah. Um, but also, it's it. I feel like it's cool that they get to work with a whole bunch of new writers, but still keep that consistency. Or at least when I watched season six, the consistency's yeah. still there. There's just more swearing yeah. <laughs> and nudity. And also, uh, Sandberg is basically coming home because yeah, that's what absolutely. SNL was. Yeah, exactly. He's, yeah, he's home. It's great. So that's what oh. makes sense. Yeah. All right, guys. This is this has been wonderful. This has been great. This has been such an awesome conversation. Yeah, thanks uh, Thank you so right. much for yeah, your yes. time. That's all right. Where can they find you guys, respectively? Where can they find you on, on social media and stuff? Oh, well, it's all under Astaglow Theatre. That's our Instagram and the Facebook and the... We've even got a Twitter! Nice! Yeah, we're Astaglow TC on Twitter. Oh. What does the TC sound? Theatre Company. Oh, there because, we go. Because, um, because Astaglow Theatre was taken. Nice. Which is rude. Um, yeah. But yeah, those are our social media handles. Yeah, we've got a Facebook page. We've got a website. We're AstaglowTheatre.com. Can see all our we can see our trailer for our um for the, for never none but she and a lot lots of our character shots and our um uh, performance photos we have faces in real life it's so exciting yeah nice and they're very lovely <laughs> um and yeah no you can find us all there and, and like personal handle I don't know nice um what about what, what about the show, what about where can they find the show itself what times it on it's on at eleven oh five in the morning uh, at the space triple X which is venue 38 and it's nine hill place so it's right across from the KFC. literally if you go into the kfc or go towards the kfc on nicholson street it's just across the road from there sweet all right Um, yeah and it's a good show but yeah thank you so much guys thanks guys for listening to that you can catch me as always on twitter at your boy gibbo uh instagram at gibbogram1 and also as always, catch me, Duffy Connors and Sean and Jahan at Dropkick Murphy's Bar at 6.45pm until the 25th of August. Alright guys, see you soon. Bye.